afternoon, everyone. My name is Mimi from Agra Digital Art. We are a network for women in digital art. And it's my great pleasure to welcome you today for this great panel with our partner, Numomo, that's supported by a team of three people today. We have Scott Fusion, Ron Fuffer, and Jean. We have the artist Diela with us. Let me quickly introduce you to Scott. Scott is an educational and community organizer expert for the last 15 years in South Korea. His domain of expertise is in the creative and educational industry. He has a master in education teaching at university in Seoul. His courses focus on developing communication skills, cultural awareness, and exploring the intersection of art and technology. On the other side, we have Rolf Hoofer, a token and blockchain expert. He holds a BA in arts, a BS in business and a master and a PhD degree in management. He wrote his PhD dissertation on valuing tokens like digital artworks. And before Numomo, he co-founded several ventures. So uh, maybe, Scott, you would like to introduce uh, Diela and Jean? Yeah, for sure. So I'll introduce Diela first. So yeah, Diela is one of New Momo's latest artists to join the team. She resides in Jakarta, Indonesia, and I had been watching her Instagram for quite some time and noticed that we often found each other in the same clubhouse rooms. And so because of that, I, I reached out to her to see if she was interested in joining New Momo's creative team. And luckily, the stars aligned and she said yes. And so right now we are designing her Genesis collection drop that's going to be happening soon. Jin is the newest partner of New Momo. He is working very closely with the Korean community and helping us build our relationships with collectors and artists in Korea. And he's been just phenomenal with gaining a lot of traction and progress for new momo's korean side so thank you guys for for joining us and diela do you also want to give a introduction as well hello everyone i'm an illustrator visual artist also sometimes i do mural i based in jakarta indonesia i've been doing illustration for around 13 years now and I've been working with some of major brands like Instagram, Apple, and et cetera. <laughs> I think that's all. Excellent. Thanks so much for being here today. So Mimi, do you want to set the schedule for the questions that we will cover and talk about the time structure for everyone? Yes. So uh, today our talk is uh, how to capture more value from your digital artworks. It's the third iteration of our partnership events. And uh, the talk will be focusing on three main questions. For the first question is what the problems NFT solve for digital artists. And then the second question is what are the benefits to using NFTs? The third question is how to build, and that's an important one, to engage a community with your NFTs. And then, of course, the audience is very welcome to 
raise their hand and ask any questions as the conversation goes along. All right. Could you tell us a little bit more now uh, about what are the problems that do NFT solve for artists? Sure. I'll start and then I'll probably pass this off to Jin and Ralph. And then also I want to see for Diella as a non-NFT artist coming into this space, what problems she has that NFTs can help solve for her. So for, for us, we look at the problems from New Momo from a perspective of the new Momo trifecta. And so what does that mean? We look at it from the collector, the creator, and the critic point of view. And in doing so, what we are trying to identify is where do collectors have the biggest problems in creating art and selling art in today's economy and in today's kind of world. And what we've discovered is that NFTs are giving power back to the creators and they're able now to create ways of authorizing these digital files and creating value for these digital files on websites where people then will decide how much they want to collect and to trade digital art pieces. And so for artists themselves who are having these problems of i have a bunch of content on my social medias i've created a bunch of digital artworks but i am unable to capture value because i'm only getting likes and comments and so what we have discovered is that nfts now provide that missing link for the creator to use the the power of these social media digital tools and create a create value for themselves through using NFT technology on these digital websites. So that's one problem that we are really looking at helping artists solve. Jin, what is another problem that you think is specifically for Korean artists NFTs solve? I don't think it only applies to Korean artists, but there's this popular article called uh, 1000 True Fan. And it basically says, if you stick to what you love doing, you won't be able to become Elon Musk of the art world. But as long as you can have a thousand fans who truly love what you do, you can basically survive and not starve. And that article was 10 years ago, I think almost 10 years ago. But with NFTs, we can achieve the same goal with far less fans or collectors in this case so like scott you said it, without having to conform to any norm you can carve your own community within nft space and maintain your creative freedom and feed yourself while doing that nfts can do for artists in general and that's just screens Excellent. Awesome. Thank you for that. Definitely agree for artists themselves. We can talk a little bit more specifically about Korean artists in a little bit as well. How about you, Ralph? What kind of problems do NFTs solve for artists? Ooh, okay. I think there's a number of problems. I'm going to connect to what Jin just said. And so I think the, the big benefit of NFTs, so artists basically write the new collectors, right? People that buy their work. And when you think of collectors, I don't think that artists think that they need a million people to buy their artworks, although that's possible, 
they often think that maybe it's just a small group of people that really, really like their work and that's enough to sustain themselves. And then the question becomes, okay, we knew that before NFTs, right? That's not, not super new. What do NFTs add to that perspective? And I think NFTs solve what I call the illiquidity problem, right? So if you're an artist and you're based, for example, like Jela in Jakarta, and I'm currently in Paris, like how do I make sure that number one, I see her work, right? You need a global platform to see her work. Now you don't need any blockchain for that, but you need a website that aggregates all the work of artists and displays it in, in one interface. And so NFTs help with that because people like Jela and other people who are based in, for example, Adi in Nigeria or my friend Patricio in Argentina, right? Or someone in Mexico, they can all upload their pieces to this website and then they all equally see. Now that's not as simple if you consider geographical limits where, you know, displaying an artwork, say in a gallery in Jakarta versus a gallery in Seoul versus a gallery in Paris, there's only so many people who can physically go to those galleries and during Corona time, even less. And so we have basically conceptually greater access to people. There's a greater number of people who can now see the artworks of artists because NFTs and, and ultimately the underlying blockchain technologies provide a global platform that doesn't exist as easily before. And so among the greater number of people that can see the artwork, the really critical thing is finding that small group of people that will actually love your artwork. And so with NFTs, that becomes easier because the transfer of an artwork's certificate of ownership becomes much easier across different institutional barriers. So what I mean is this, say I want to buy one of GLS pieces. There's the physical piece itself, and often there's an additional piece of paper that says Rolf is now the owner of Kira's piece number one. But getting that piece of paper is difficult. First of all, it's going to be written in a different language, so I can read it, so we need to translate it, and we need to notarize it. Right? Then she needs to send it to me, and if FedEx doesn't feel like it and the package gets lost, then you have to go fix it. So there's a lot of logistical and institutional barriers to people buying the art that they love. So me loving Jela's art, but being based in Paris, it's very complicated for me to buy her kind of work, but it's much easier for me to buy it by her kind of NFTs. And NFTs do two things here. Number one, they allow me to see that Jela has work in Jakarta that I find super cool. And then it's not just that I can like it, but I can actually buy it. And the ability to do that much more easily than before, I think is very attractive. And so what you have is this interesting dynamic where NFTs increase the audience for artists and at the same time allow artists to more quickly define the very few people that really will like and drive their artwork. And this is not just collectors in the long term, but it's other people who will promote their artworks, who will talk about it, who will connect them to brands, et cetera, et cetera. So here comes a simple dynamic. I think that's one of, one of the ways in which NFTs can be useful to artists. Thanks for that, Ralph. Always a pleasure hearing new ways uh, for you to articulate what problems NFTs can solve. And then, Diella, I'm, I'm going to put you in the spotlight here for you as a non-crypto artist and yes. coming from a traditional art world. When you first heard of NFTs and learning about what NFTs are and what they do in the different clubhouse rooms, and then now forming your own opinions and own beliefs on what NFTs can solve for you. 
What are some of these problems for traditional artists that NFTs can help? Yes, so when I first know about the NFT space and I kind of interested to join and put my works there because so far I only share my work on Instagram or Facebook page and I didn't sell anything on the Instagram or Facebook page. So I think the NFT, you could put your works and also selling it on, and find a new market for your artworks. And also, I like the community. And so far in the clubhouse, the people are very supportive between artists. And that's kind of where I want to be with. Thank you. Thank you. So I, I, I really like that you touched on the points of now you have a global marketplace like Ralph was talking about to sell your artworks besides just using social media channels. And then the second part, which is a question that we'll talk about here in a little bit, was access to new communities. And in doing so, you're for us at New Momo as well, we believe that this kind of access is also a solution that NFTs address. And that solution to what problem? What problem do NFTs, does access from NFTs solve? I think for us, the way that we are looking at this as, again, within the new Momo trifecta of a creator, collector, and critic is now as a collector, we have access to start dialogues, I think, more easily with artists from around the world. At least for me, I find this very interesting that I can have a conversation with Ade, for example, in Nigeria. I can start a conversation with Biela. And through that social media, just conversation, now there's, a, for me, just saying, yeah, I'm a fan, I really like your work. But now I can take that to the next level of, I want to buy your work. I want to work with you. I believe that we can help you build your NFT brand as an artist. And so I, I really like this fact of access providing uh, a solution to that barrier of you know communication to connect with people from different cultures and different parts of the world. I'm going to throw this now back to Jin. How, how about yourself? So sticking on this idea of access, what problems do NFTs solve when we think of access in the world? The issue here in Korea has always been that the art scene in Korea is extremely small and we have countless numbers of young artists who want to get in. So unfortunately, uh, galleries or uh, institutions and corporations, they, they hold a tremendous amount of power and control over these young talents. It has always been an issue and there has been a number of scandals and mishaps over the years. So I think NFT can solve that kind of issue drastically. And of course, it's, a, it's not a easy path because there's a language barrier, a cultural barrier, and the current artist they're not really so good at promoting themselves, so there are a lot of things to learn for them. But I think NFTs can uh, provide alternate path to global audience, collectors, and bigger artists in general, I think. Okay, thanks for that. 
And then, Rolf, I'll throw that question to you. In terms of access, if NFTs provide access, what are they providing access to? Yeah, one, one simple way that NFTs increase access compared to not using NFTs is in terms of prices, right? So a lot of artworks are just expensive to buy. And it's important that artworks are expensive because artists can't just keep producing artworks and try to sell it at low prices. They, they have to survive as well. So an artwork will have a high price, but artworks with high prices are difficult for people to buy because not everyone has a lot of money. So one of the things that you can do with NFTs pretty easily is you can fractionalize them. So what that means is you take an artwork and it's like a company, you create a bunch of shares or fractions and each of these fractions are tokens. And just Apple is worth like a hundred, several hundred billion dollars or trillion dollars, but there's lots of shares. So I can buy a piece of Apple very cheaply, right, for a hundred bucks. And the same could be true of artworks. So instead of having to pay the full price of an artwork, let's say $10,000 for one artwork, I may be able to just buy a small piece in that artwork by paying a dollar. And so access is increased because now people who don't have $10,000 and who couldn't buy artworks before through NFTs that are fractionalized, they can now buy artworks or pieces of artworks that are worth $10,000. And I think that increases the number of potential collectors and again, increases the number of audiences that are able to entertain the idea of, of owning a piece of art. It changes, of course, the traditional notion that when you have, let's say, an artwork hanging uh, on your wall at home, that you are the only one that actually owns that artwork. But I'm perfectly fine to say I have an artwork hanging on, on my wall and that there's 100 people that co-own the artwork with me. I don't think that's a bad thing. In fact, from a collector's point of view, I think it's positive, right? Because if I have an artwork like an Andy Warhol hanging, hanging on my wall, it's dead capital. It's just like having money in your house. It's extremely illiquid and it's not producing money. But instead, I can make it more liquid by fractionalizing the artwork and then recouping some money today while still being able to, to look at the artwork itself. And this is just an example of a physical artwork, but it's even more true with digital artworks. So long story short, right? I think from a collector perspective, access is increased thanks to NFTs because NFTs can easily fractionalize themselves or you can fractionalize NFTs, which means people with less money can participate in collecting artworks, which they were not able to do before. Excellent. I really like this idea of being able to fractionalize something and distribute it to a community to help build a particular artist's career and also increase the overall value of what the artist is bringing into the art ecosystem. That's great. So we do have some people up on stage real quick. So I think that kind of, I think we've answered that first question uh, pretty well as in what problems do NFTs solve for artists? And we actually working on something fractionalizing the NFTs and uh, Rolf has the nail at the right spot. We are working to make NFTs and making fractional shares where anyone who wants to promote artists, they can buy the share worth of the art. That's where uh, I speculate on the value of an art itself. As Rolf said, as a connector, it's about the value, they at price that they want to buy. With a speculator in who can buy the shares, can have the interest or the value of the art growing 
exponentially or linear wise based on the speculation value. Until now, there hasn't been a speculator actor involved in the art system because of the auction is always an order bidding system, which has its inefficiency and also it has a certain community can capitalize it because of the money and making this fractionalized and distributing among the people who are potential collectors would make them viable and also make artists always on the floor and uh, that's where we are looking at the same eye thanks it all for the making it very it's very hard to explain to people how the fractionalizing art would be beneficial to the artists and the community and the collectors excellent you came up to the stage do you have any problems that you that we might have missed that nfts help solve for artists or collectors no i just had a question and maybe ralph can help me understand it so i get the the value proposition within nfts for artists in terms of proof of ownership and then lineage of ownership can be digitized i guess my question was more around how do you so physical art represented through an nft how do you prevent or how do nfts solve for let's say a fraud or a fake especially within the physical art world not the digital side of it great question the short answer is that they don't solve for stuff that happens in the physical world fundamentally they're just something digital so the weakest point of all nfts is the connection between the physical and the digital world let me give you a concrete example it's an example i said yesterday so let's see if it makes sense imagine you own a car right many of us own a car so the car is in my garage now how do i know i own the car typically right i'll take out the little piece of paper that's in my car where it's going to say that Rolf is the owner of of this car and that piece of paper is a certificate of ownership that piece of paper is separate from the car itself and so what that means is when you buy an nft very often you buy that piece of paper in digital form it's the certificate that you are the owner of an artwork and that artwork can be something physical like the car in my garage or it can be a painting hanging on my wall or it can be something that's just totally digital right that's stored somewhere uh, in the cloud so to speak or on a blockchain to be more precise and the file itself is different right from the actual certificate sometimes these things are actually the same but it's easier to think of them as separate and so the digital certificate doesn't have much to do per se with whether someone breaks into my garage and like steals my car and puts a fake car there or the certificate the nft which is digital may not change even though someone breaks into my living room takes my artwork and then exchanges it for another artwork and i don't know that it's any different so in order to be able to solve the problem of identifying in the physical world whether any two paintings that look exactly the same now which one of them is the original you need a way some kind of physical solution to solve for that so that's so the short answer is nfts don't solve that problems in and of themselves because nfts are these digital papers of certificates of ownership and they're separate from the artworks themselves there are that being said there are a number of solutions being worked on to allow people to separate whether two physical artworks which one of them is the original so 
I'm happy to talk about that, but did that answer the question or not? Yeah, I guess with a car, you would have a VIN number. It's hard to fake a car. So there are definitely identifiers that are unique to a car. But I'm wondering if, as part of the physical world, do you embed some sort of IoT device that has like a unique signature from an artist, similar to how you sign an artwork, and that would have all the information regarding that artwork and its authenticity. So even so when you go through a transaction with somebody to sell their art piece, they would ask to connect to the IoT device through a blockchain and authenticate the signature through that. I'm wondering if somebody's doing that uh, or not. And then I had within the sort of like platforms that you see on NFTs, do you have any views on Superform or are you familiar with Superform? That's a separate question. Yeah, so a few questions here. So Superform, I don't know. I will look them up. That being said, with regards to IoT devices to help authenticate paintings, yes, there's a number of them. Concretely speaking, there's really three big solutions that are used today. Number one, it's a QR code, right? So just like with clothes, you go to an artwork and then you paste a QR code on it. It's typically a label with some glue and you stick it. The glue can be more or less tight. The QR code can be more or less difficult to, to cheat, but basically that's it. The second one, more IoT-ish, something with a chip, is RFID chips. So the same thing that you have in your passports, right? When you go through airports and they check this kind of little chip that's embedded in newer passports, you can embed a little chip in the actual canvas of a physical artwork or into a sculpture or something, and then you can authenticate the artwork that way. And there are also NFC chips, uh, which are the big competitor to RFID chips. Those are the three major solutions, QR codes, RFID chips and NFC chips. There are newer solutions driven by a few people that I know. For example, when artists sign, right, so literally write on, let's say, a painting, their name with a pen, what we have now is that some of these pens will have ink that has DNA inside of it, right? So just like with the DNA of each human is unique, an artist can buy some DNA ink that they can fill their pens with and then they sign the actual artwork. And then when people want to check whether an artwork is unique, or at least it came from the creator, the original artist, they would be able to shine a, a little laser light onto the signature, and they would be able to authenticate whether the artwork actually came from the artist or whether it is just a copy. Now, of course, if I steal the pen from the artist, then I can like sign as many artworks as I want, but nothing's fully foolproof. Does that answer your question about the different authentication methods? Yeah, that was very helpful. Thank you. And Diela, really cool artwork. Well, you should uh, sign up on numomo.com. We have a little newsletter. Uh, we'll be helping Diela exhibit her artwork very soon. I will let you know what it is. I want, a, I want one too. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Aga. I think that is something that is very useful information for traditional artists who are still a little bit hesitant to enter into this NFT space and are still trying to figure out how to transfer their physical paintings and connect them into this NFT digital world. So that's really, that was a really helpful question. Mimi, do you want to move on to question number two? Yes, the question number two is, what are your opinions about the benefits of using NFTs for the artists? Excellent question. I'm going to start off with asking Jin, actually. 
Jin has been just a wizard on Clubhouse of late, and I feel like he has had some really great insights. So Jin, what are the benefits to NFTs for artists? We talked about these providing alternative uh, past for artists to global uh, art market and collectors. And also Wolf talked about how artists can easily sell their work without having to go through issues. And yeah, I think that's, that's, uh, that's what it can do for artists. Excellent. Yeah. Rolf, how, how about yourself? What we talked about community, we talked about access. Can you give us some more concrete examples actually about how artists can use NFTs to in, improve their brand and their art career? Yeah. Problems and benefits are closely linked. So one common problem that artists have is tracking how often their work sells and who owns the work. So imagine you're an artist, you produce an artwork and you sell it to buyer number one. And then buyer number one sells it to buyer number two. And then buyer three, four, five, six. At some point, you just don't know who has the artwork, what was paid for it. So the first benefit that NFTs provide is that they make it very easy for artists, as well as for collectors and others, to track exactly the number of sales that have occurred for an artwork. They also make it easy to see how much was paid each time that the artwork was sold. They also make it very easy to see who the owners were, at, at least in terms of accounts, right? So you don't know per se the, the real world identity, but it's like a bank account, a really long set of numbers and stuff. And so this idea of provenance, this idea of having perfect documentation about the history of an artwork in terms of the, the transactions that have occurred in, in terms of exchanges of ownership, that's, I think, a really big benefit of NFTs that's really easy to get. It's less useful when an artist makes the first sale, but is really useful much later down the road when, let's say, God forbid, the artist dies. And 100 years later, someone wants to collect the artwork and they really need to make sure, was this something that, that originated from the artist or not? So that's number one. I think the other benefit that comes with NFTs and this provenance tracking is that an artist can always get a small commission or, or a big commission for every sale that happens. So typically today, an artist sells their artwork to buyer number one, and let's say it sells for $1,000. And then so the artist gets $1,000, make it simple. And let's say I buy the piece, and then I go and sell it to, to you, Scott, and I sell it to you for $10,000, right? The artist doesn't see any of the money that the $10,000 that you pay, Scott, right? The $10,000 that you pay, they all go to me, and the artist gets nothing of that. But with NFTs and smart contracts, it's completely automated so that when you, Scott, pay me $10,000, I don't actually receive $10,000. Automatically, there will be a small percentage, let's say 10% or a thousand bucks, that goes directly to the account of the artist. And I think that's fair, right? The reason why I'm able to resell the artwork of an artist at a higher price than when I bought it is probably because the artist became, did a lot, a lot of additional work, not just the artist, but other people as well. But he became more famous, he produced more artworks, he, he kept being engaged. And so I think the artist should basically have the right to participate in the upside of, of the work that he in, or she makes. 
And I think, so this idea is called secondary commissions, or secondary market sales on which artists can get a commission. And NFTs, because they provide all this data about sales, when they happen, how often they happen, what the amount is, makes it very easy also for people, for artists to benefit from their artwork in ways that is very difficult today. Because today they can only sell it to, to one buyer and they don't benefit from subsequent sales. So these are like two additional, I think, benefits to NFTs that I wanted to mention. And then there's a number of other ones. Uh, one benefit that applies specifically to artists that produce digital things is that their digital files are very difficult to lose. So if you store digital files on certain blockchains, it's, it's impossible to lose, right? It doesn't matter whether your, your house goes on fire or you lose your phone or your computer like stops working and you get a black screen of death. The file will always be there and it'll never be lost. I, I should put a qualifier here that the way most people do NFTs today, that is not true, <laughs> but there are blockchains out there. And if you do it correctly, files will never be lost. So that's my third benefit, right? Yeah, I think that's enough. Let me, let me stop here. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for that. Those are always good to talk about uh, in concrete terms. So thank you for that. And I'm going to throw it back to Diela as well. Living in Jakarta, Indonesia, as a illustrator and working within that industry for 13 years, what other kind of benefits for artists are you seeing when you talk to artists? What are some of the benefits that NFTs could really help with day-to-day life for artists in Indonesia specifically? In Indonesia, Illustrator, when the, they already start early ca- career on illustration, probably will get uh, hired more than the beginner illustrator. So I think the NFT space provides the same opportunity for beginner illustrator and also for already established illustrator. They have the same chance to promote their works and sell their works because, of course, for the established illustrator, they already have the portfolios and commission works. But for the beginner illustrator, this is a chance of for them to sell their works and it's more freedom to the creative creative freedom is more what do you say it's more free <laughs> and they could explore what they're creative excellent said I, I like this idea that they can explore uh, more of their creativity with nfts as well it's a really good example thank you and Mimi, I think we're off to our last question. We, what is the last question? How to build and engage a community with the NFTs? Because it's important to be supported and to have uh, the first thousand followers, as we explained already at the beginning, to help the artist to take off. But how do you keep that engagement and the waves? Sure. So I'll answer briefly before I pass it off to Jin, because I think he's been doing a great job with engagement. For us, I think starting with finding out what your art means and what story you want to tell. I think a lot of artists are making art for NFTs now without answering that question. For us at Numomo, that's one of the most important questions that we ask artists who join our team. That's why when we bring in new artists, it's one of the qualifiers that Ralph and I and Jin will 
consider for working with new artists. If an artist has that, you know, really powerful story, then we know it will be much easier for them to connect with their existing community, but then also share that emotional triggers that they've built within their story with other people uh, who have maybe had the same experiences. If you all, I think we've all had similar experiences of like loss and pain or happiness and joy. And the stories that we are telling are the things that are unique to us. And those are the things that will really capture people's imaginations because we all love great stories. So I think that's one of the first things that I would tell most artists to think about before they start getting on you know, Clubhouse, before they start getting on Twitter and Instagram and trying to build communities that way. I think that's really important. One thing that I think will not help you build communities for artists, at least, is DMing people randomly saying, hey, here's my artwork. Will you buy it? I've had multiple DMs in the last 30 days of new NFT artists asking me to do this. I think this is definitely the wrong approach. And it's something that I actually share with those who do message me like this. One is because it feels like a salesman if, or you know, salesperson. Artists are artists. They are creative visionaries. They are leading kind of this new revolution that we all need to, or yeah, that, that we all take part in every day when we look at our phones, when we look at our TV screens, when we look at our tablets. And so they themselves are, they have a, a unique position now, especially for helping contextualize a lot of the social issues that are happening in today's world. And so for me, when I receive some art from artists in this fashion, it immediately turns me off and it immediately says, I don't think they know why they are actually artists. I don't think they understand the art that they're even creating or why they are doing it. It's more just of a shotgun approach of, I hope because someone likes NFTs that they will buy my art. And that is definitely the wrong approach. So that's how not to build the community in a way that if you can start with that story first, I think that is one of the most important things to start building your own community. And then I'll pass that off to Jin. Can you add on to once an artist has a story to tell, what are some ways concretely could they actually start building that community? I can only speak from my own experience. And to be honest, it, at the beginning, it was quite messy, you know, because it was all new to all of us, right? And basically, I started running NFT rooms for Korean um, artists on Clubhouse about a month ago. And I only did it purely. I felt like Korea was getting left behind because at least on Clubhouse, I was seeing many Clubhouse rooms talking about NFTs and how artists could uh, utilize this new technology and at first mostly it was all mostly english speaking rooms and later on i was seeing arabic nft rooms chinese nft rooms japanese nft rooms but none for korean clubhouse users right so i started a room to help korean artists and like i said it was quite messy because i often stayed on clubhouse for 10 12 hours helping artists with the uh, onboarding process setting up there telling them how to buy ethereum from korean exchange companies such as a bit or and how to sign up for 
MetaMask and also explaining the pros cons of each NFT platforms. And uh, yeah, quite frankly, it was quite busy because you don't know because you're on Clubhouse and there's only audio. You don't exactly know what the other person is looking at on, on their screen and what they're clicking. And then that can lead to all kinds of trouble sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I think the most important thing is you have to be patient and you have to be, you have to be willing to help others who know a little bit less than you. And now, now I'm looking back, I like to ask this question to, to speakers. I, I, I don't think I, I could have done it without Clubhouse. I think there's a very weird, strange, but symbiotic relationship between Clubhouse and NFT space. And the timing was very strange, you know. And of course, uh, Clubhouse has its own limitations, you know, it not being on Android devices, for example. But so now we have more than 400 artists and collectors actively helping each other in our public chat room on Kakaota, which is a very popular messaging app here in Korea. So we have we have a small community helping each other, but I'm hoping that it will grow more and people will have less trouble getting into the space from here now, from now on. Yeah, definitely. A key word is away from that. I, I think you said building community and then also bringing value to people. And this actually is in line with how we believe as well. And we want to do the give before you take mentality. Rolf, can you explain a little bit more concretely what does give before you take mean in helping build communities for artists? Yeah, as it relates to the question of what do artists need to do, I think it's ultimately you just need to share what your artwork means and what you're doing. So, you know, are you producing artworks every day? Did you stop producing artworks? You know, are you flipping burgers at McDonald's now? It matters for the value of an artwork and to have an understanding about what the artist thinks and how that thinking changes over time, as well as what the artist does. Are they still producing? Do they still see themselves as artists or not, etc.? So having more information related to an artist is useful. Having more information about an artwork is useful, right? And knowing how these things change over time, that's useful. And all these things are valuable. So in the traditional world, galleries, which are often seen as like something very negative, they do a lot of this work. They basically share the story about an artist and about an artwork with different people. They do exhibitions, they have their own set of collectors, they sometimes do certain marketing campaigns, they'll like get interviews. And so I think that's actually something very useful because there are some number of artists that also want to do a lot of this marketing and promotional stuff. And then there are others that don't want to do that. I don't think that one's right and the other is wrong. I just think that with regards to NFTs, we will still see these kind of galleries that take on the work that artists don't want to take on. They may not be called galleries anymore. They may be called agencies or they may have just different roles. But you, as an artist, now have the opportunity to do everything yourself. Right? But just as it's probably not wise for a tech person to do marketing, you know, often creatives don't really want to do like HR or admin work. 
I know as, as someone who's a bit more of a business person that I don't like to do a lot of the creative stuff because honestly, I suck at it. <laughs> and it's just not fun for me. I can't do it. I'm just not good. And so I think that's general context, right? You need to keep providing information to the people who care for artwork to be valued. And so the idea of a community is very popular these days. And I think it goes back to the idea of a thousand super fans or maybe even a hundred super fans. And so updating these super fans, which in the art world are often called collectors, basically, right? people who are willing to pay uh, for an artist's work, finding ways to engage with these is important. There's very little material out there to help artists understand how they go from having you know, zero collectors in the NFT space to like a hundred or a thousand collectors in the NFT space. I personally believe that there's very little. Oh, I think uh, we lost him for a second. It's like the cliffhanger. He's, I personally believe in this. We're like, no, what do you believe? <laughs> okay, Diela, do you want to wrap up this question? Because you yourself uh, have done a fabulous job on Instagram creating a community for your art. And I think you could probably give some tips to artists yeah. on how to do that. So I basically don't have any educational background in art design or illustration. I'm a accounting student. So I was work as an accountant before I work as an illustrator. So yeah, I share my work on DeviantArt and I start sharing my works and I just don't care about the followers or anything else. I just put my works out there so people can see my works and I don't really care about the reaction of it. My spirit is only sharing my works. And then started with Instagram and I try a different platform like Facebook page. So basically I just share my works on any other platform available. So when I'm, when I find out about NFT on Clubhouse, it's kind of weird. Uh, Clubhouse and NFT. And what I was think about, uh, usually as an illustrator, it's like a solitary profession. Now you work alone, and but in this NFT space, you have to promote yourself. You're making friends and and everything, and like uh, joining. Uh, room clubhouse and share your works and talk it's a very different side of the usual things i used to do with my works so I, that's why i think i joined the numomo because i think numomo could help me with this i never really able to promote myself that's just not my my fault to promote myself and promote my works but that's things you have to do in this NFT space, you know, and joining the community. Actually, it's basically making networks and making friends. And I, there's absolutely a lot of great artists in this NFT space. And I follow them and some of them were asking to collaborate. And so it's widening the opportunity for your works and for your creative vision like that awesome thanks so much for that answer and and just a recap for everyone I, th I think one strategic 
plan is to look at all the digital websites and platforms and tools. And instead of deliberating which one do you think will best suit yourself, try all of them. But I also understand the message and the way that you present yourself on, for example, LinkedIn is different than what you would do on Instagram. Instagram is different than Twitter. Twitter is different than TikTok. And so having a presence on all of these different platforms, if you are an artist, is a good way to start engaging with different groups who you think will appreciate the art that you make. So I, that is one kind of one broad strategy that we ourselves at Numomo actually did as well to start the company. We you know, set up our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter, LinkedIn, but the message was different for each platform. And we also made sure that we were providing some sort of value to who we were talking to. As artists, the value that you're providing is that story. And that's why I go back to when artists can find that story that they want to share with the world, it will be much easier to attract people um, to want to read and buy into being part of that experience and that story. That's kind of where I'll leave it. Yeah, actually, I just had a quick question probably for you or Scott. I just wanted to get a sense from you guys in terms of where do you see curation playing a role, given that in a way you're decentralizing art through NFTs and creating a global audience. I used to work for Deutsche, so was involved with Freeze quite a bit. So do you see... I guess you would continue to see these art forums happening globally, but how do you see agencies being affected? And I guess some of these like global art forms being affected by NFTs. Yeah, I can answer that really quick. Curation is definitely needed. I do believe that the, the platforms themselves are curating specifically to certain collector bases at the moment. I think there needs to be more curation as in part of as a way to contextualize the different artworks that are being created now to think where are these art like what value will these artworks have in five years for us we are doing a lot of art analysis with the artists that are on our roster but also artists within the space that we believe will help define what is this digital renaissance that we're experiencing and how are people going to look back on it five years from now? So there is definitely a space and opportunity for curators to come in, not in the traditional sense of being gatekeepers at art galleries, but contextualizing the different art that is being made and presented to, to find communities that kind of resonate with those stories. Does that help you at, at all, Aga? Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you, Scott. I was going to uh, agree with you. Curation of the digital metaverse is needed. And I think that even the traditional gallery are nowadays trying to get on their first steps in the NFT space. What I, I think I've seen is that NFTs remain very much solo shows or quick drops. And I'm really looking forward to see how the market evolves into group shows. We will see all that together in a few months or maybe first. On this note, if uh, no one has uh, anything else to, to add, I would like to thank you for coming today. 
the talk, the podcast and the notes, the transcripts will be available very soon on the Agora website. And then thank you, Scott and Diela and Jean. And then I'll tell you, let's uh, see each other in two weeks. So on the 16th of April for our fourth iteration of NFT Talks. Thank you very much, all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you everyone. Have, have a good night. Thank you. Bye.